Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. y'all welcome back and gather around because it's another episode of money honeys with freddie chantal and devon it's time again to talk money but fun is money the root of all evil yeah probably do we still want to know about it and make more of it yeah probably yeah, yeah, yeah probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right gals how are we feeling this week how are we doing What's the vibe? Um, so I got a deal memo, like an offer to to do like a like a creator thing with this like cat furniture company. <laughs> <laughs> they want to send us cat furniture, and if we get it, if like this happens, it will be the most expensive piece of furniture that I have in my house, oh. but for Mars and Bones, and I just think that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, I love it and hate it. Coming from someone who just spent $500 on a dog crate. (gasps) $500? Clarence. (gasps) You know. But he's so little. You know, once you see the crate, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's tricked out. Is it like a mid-century modern crate? It's like, it's definitely, um, has an aesthetic. (laughs) Wow. Um, and it's, it is larger, so I feel better mm. about putting him in there because he has some room to like move and roll around, and oh. it actually doubles as a side table. Like, so if you wanted it next to your couch, nice. it's a side table, but it's also a crate. I like that. Oh, so furniture, cat furniture, dog, dog furniture. Okay. That's where that's the. It's a twofer. Uh-huh. So the crate costs two fifty, yeah, and, and the, the side two table costs two fifty. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Got, got it. it. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's like, that's how we're, that's where our priorities are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have, forgot to tell you. So this morning I'm rushing to get here and um, I'm looking for my lotion and a lot of my things since Clarence came over, I've been finding underneath my bed. (laughs) This man. (laughs) So I was looking for my lotion and I found it underneath the bed and I, I like drug it out or whatever. (sighs) And it had... The the handle all chewed. So like I couldn't dispense the lotion because it was all chewed. And I was like, thank God I knew that this was Clarence, because how terrified would I have been yeah, if I pulled it, that out and, and it that was, was like, it's like a gnarled wasn't moans. It wasn't moans. Yeah. Yeah. So who could <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Could, is there a monster underneath my bed? But I keep finding little treats, oh little God. treasures. Wow. He only stayed with us for maybe twenty four hours. Yeah. And he has he hoarded a bunch of items it's just from he does. He hoards it. He's like, does my bed? <laughs> little pack rat. Yeah, and so then it's just a little, a little collection of, of items. <laughs> and all that is underneath, so because he's so short. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he could just. Bloop. Yeah. This is a little savings account. <laughs> he's like, this is my wealth. I'm oh. pooling my wealth. Oh, my God. Please do not make me think that my dog's misbehavior is cute. <laughs> For me, this week has been pretty chill. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm still getting furniture for the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just like it almost feels like a constant, you yeah. know, something always something to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with that said, that that dog crate that came in this week and it did. It came yes, in. it came wow. in. It was a six week thing. It took. <gasps> for- at our during break, I'll show you guys. Please. Everything is awful. Everything is awful. <laughs> Everything always. Everything like you can't, can't escape. You spend oh, money, and we're at a place in our lives. I have a girlfriend who just spent like two two grand on a dining room table. Mm. She's like, I did it, an investment. I'm a big girl now. It still took like three months to come in. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, even I was actually talking to. Um, some friends in the group chat and we were talking about Telfar and Brandon Blackwood uh-huh. and you know my friend <laughs> texted us yesterday she's like you guys my Telfar bags that I ordered as a part of the bag security program arrived I had totally forgotten that I got it it was six months ago <gasps> oh, oh. how much money did she put away for those bags it's like yeah I mean three grand yeah, or something probably, I mean no it wasn't even super expensive maybe like 400 tops okay um and then I was like yeah 
you know, Brandon Blackwood had a trunk week where he was like, he had put up a whole bunch of like new trunks and I was really excited. And then he like posted on his Instagram. He's like, it's basically a similar, similar thing. So you buy them this week and they ship out in August. <gasps> I'm just like, I might so be by dead that, by then. By that point, do I even still want the bags? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no. And I get that I get it. He's trying to make it so that everyone can have a chance and versus like trying to like rush to get it and they're sold out. Right. right? It sucks for him, it sucks for us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just like I feel like everything right now is just a thing. Everything's mm-hmm. a thing. Everything's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's a production. Right. Um well, something that's also happening to me in August. Oh, what's happening in August besides <laughs> your birthday? <laughs> besides my birthday. Um, it's also my wedding. <gasps> yeah. oh my Did y'all both get your uh, little save the date? Yes. yes. And they were perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I barked at Patrick. I was like, we're putting this in the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. <laughs> Change everything. Um, what are you doing on this date? Does it matter? This is where we're going. Yeah. This is where we'll be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tonight we rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so marriage, Shanti. Marriage. It's a big deal. It's it a is. big deal. And it's like, honestly, like the, so we've, we've been together for a long time. Y'all know her. Y'all love her. Yes. Um, but so we've been living together for a while. But the thing that we haven't done is like combine any finance stuff. Because um, neither one of us is really comfortable merging any sort of financial assets until it's like legal and like on paper and stuff we both just have it's not that we we trust each other completely obviously we're getting married but we've just seen a -hmm. lot Mm -hmm. we've seen things Mm -hmm. over the years seen some things in my day seen some things (laughs) seen a lot of things go south (laughs) and so it's just like "Mm, no but um so we've been doing a lot of wedding planning but a lot of financial planning too, mm-hmm. because it's you know it's basically once that paper is signed, your life has completely changed <gasps> with a signature. I just gasped. Yeah. yeah, I just got chills a little bit. Yeah, a signature. Are you ready? Do you feel? I do feel. Ready? I feel like I'm already married. Right. Because we've been together for so long, we've been through so much stuff, a lot of sad stuff together, sure. and so it's just like, like it. It definitely feels like we've grown a lot and grown together and gone through a lot of crazy experiences that have also like brought us closer Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of like like so we've just been through like tragedies and stuff like that and so a lot of times that can kind of split you apart yeah or it can bring you closer absolutely um and for us it like definitely brought us closer and it just like aligned our priorities a lot more but good um, and yeah how long have you been together um Six years. Mm -hmm. By the time this pod comes out, it'll be six years. It's so crazy because Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. when you had your first date. Yeah. And we were talking and you were like, I have a date. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) I know. I remember telling you because you were like, oh. I was like, oh. (laughs) Like I had a little bit of whiplash, but I was like, but I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were both always very there for it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so... Another big discussion that a lot of couples have premaritally is whether or not to do a prenup. Mm-hmm. It's often mm-hmm. taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting less taboo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's not taboo for us just because, again, we've seen some things. Yeah. Right. And so it's like it's definitely something that an option that we're going to go for um, and very happily so. Who brought it up first? I think both of us were just kind of like, we want to do a prenup, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know, it's like, because no one goes into marriage with the intention of getting divorced. Right. We don't see that in our future because no one sees it in their future. Yeah. But it's also just like, like, okay, what we come into the marriage with is what we should leave the marriage with. Mm-hmm. What we make in the marriage together, we should also split together. Right. Should it end. Um because it's just like if especially if you're getting divorced and there's kids involved and stuff it's like you just want that to go as smoothly as possible so that it's the least amount of trauma for those children mm-hmm. and so a prenup is a good way to at least try to mitigate some of it mm-hmm. but i remember cuz i'm old <laughs> uh i remember when the conversation of prenup first started 
happening in the zeitgeist. Like mm-hmm. when, it, when it was like in pop culture, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, a teenager. And I remember specifically my parents who are super Catholic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Divorce is not in their vernacular. Mm-hmm. Although maybe it should be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love them. But um, <laughs> at the same time, uh, I remember them specific. I have a specific memory of them being like, oh, well, why even get married if you're assuming the worst? Mm-hmm. If you can't trust them mm-hmm. with your money in 40, 50, whatever years, then why are you even getting married? And I remember that mentality being very popular yeah. even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now in our generation, it's like, I don't have to deal with this in 30 years. Let's just figure it out. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And something that I found it also just like it makes you talk about the tougher financial questions before it ever gets to it. Right. So it's like we've figured out a lot of financial issues before we ever get married. And then you even just solve it before you get married. Because mm-hmm. in marriage, there's going to be shit that comes up that we have no idea that will come up. Yeah. But so it's like if you can figure out some of the biggest things, a.k.a. money, then hopefully that'll help a lot. I think also for me, though... I always associated prenups with having a lot of money to start Mm, with anyway. So I always just associated with like celebrities or people who like really just had like a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not, it's not exclusively for them. Clearly. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know so much about the process of getting married on paper and like, Mm. is it a headache? Does it suck? Because that's you're in the process. You're in yeah. it right now. In California, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to get married. Wow. Yeah. Um, after the break, we find out how easy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. y'all so i've prepared a little game for us okay um prenup or no prenup i will give you a celebrity couple okay they may be together they may not be together you tell me if you think they have a prenup or no prenup and i will give you the answer okay i'm ready love it to start us off and i feel like this prenup was very much in the news jeff bezos and Mackenzie scott formerly married to jeff bezos i was going to guess no prenup because of the news. Yeah, because no. she got so much money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're correct. Love they that. didn't do a prenup? They didn't do a prenup. I don't I don't know that he had made Amazon at that time. He didn't. They made it together. Yeah. So there was, there was mm. no prenup. And then she got half that Amazon money. Good for her. Wait, Good for her. Do you know the dollar amount? Like 19 billion. Yeah. It's been. <laughs> yeah. It's like so, and she's donated like a ton to charity, like a, a huge percentage she put get put to charity. But mm-hmm. still, like it's like you'll never. I mean, you can't spend that in a lifetime. No. Yes, that's no. that's the GDP of some countries. Yeah. That's why Jeff billion. Bezos is just like, guess I'll go to space. Yeah, because like there's like what else is he gonna do? 
crazy. I know. No prenup. <laughs> Good for Mackenzie. I mean, yeah. We love it for her. Do you think he even feels it? No. No way. Like, no. how would he? We're talking billions. Billions. I can't even, my brain doesn't even understand how much that is. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awful. Wow. Mm-hmm. For 19 billion to kind of just be like pocket change is pretty crazy. Yeah. She's like a billionaire. Yeah. That's like, insane. Yeah. Like he wasn't, mm-hmm. like he wasn't affected at all. It was. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Jay-Z and Beyonce. <sighs> I think they did a prenup. Okay. Let's think about this. <laughs> I think Jay. Okay. When did they get married? Mm-hmm. Early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Right. Where was Beyonce was pretty established in her career at that point, but mm-hmm. Jay Z was more. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tina Knowles would have let her get married without a prenup. Without a prenup, even though he made more or had like a larger pool, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like right. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say no prenup. Okay, Devin, prenup. Okay, according to Business Insider. They reportedly signed a prenup that gives her $5 million for each child they have together. The prenup also stipulated that Beyonce would receive $10 million if the marriage ended before two years and $1 million a year for every year they remained married up to 15 years. What a weird prenup. Also, I mean, there's a lot of prenups like that are yeah. when you're dealing with such large amounts of money like that. There's a lot of like celeb prenups that are very like calculated like that. And again, this is allegedly it's according to Business Insider. Right. But also but, like it sounds like Jay-Z is paying to be married to Beyonce or something. He, he's paying for her like for her like maternal like, like labor, basically. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's love amazing. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. for every kid. For every kid. And she happened to look up with twins. I mean, hey. <laughs> Good for her. I'm not mad about it. Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. We're going back, back, Ooh. back in time. Wow, this is like 2000, mm-hmm. 2003. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, they did get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Jessica Simpson has been doing... She's been doing stuff. Like, yeah. she's definitely active still. Like, more, mm-hmm. like, behind the scenes. But she's mm-hmm. definitely, like, has her own. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, did she get that money mm-hmm. from, to start, you know what I mean? Like, did she get <laughs> that money from a prenup? Like, additional funds to, right. Right, like, really build her career. I, I'm going to say prenup just because I know her dad was super involved in mm-hmm. her career mm-hmm. and life. And I feel like he would be like, no. Mm-hmm. Prenup. Yeah. Let's say, let's say prenup. Yeah. Say prenup. No prenup. No prenup. They had no prenup. Wow. She said in an interview that Nick Lachey actually wanted her to sign a prenup, but she was offended and thought that they would be together forever. So she was like, no, I don't want to sign a prenup. Homegirl. Like, I know. Wow, baby. I know. Uh, She came from a very Christian background, too. Mm -hmm. And so it's like divorce is a lot less common there. She was also like, they're... She, they were just a, a baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. She grew up in like entertainment and stuff. So she's like mentally even younger, probably. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so it's like she was in love. She's like, no, no prenup. Despite the fact that he he was even like, yeah, I'd like, <laughs> let's do it. Right. And she's like, like, he was no. like, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I wonder what that divorce proceeding was like. I know. Mm. I don't it know. didn't seem messy. It didn't seem messy. So I'm curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, last one. Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. Yes. Yes, definitely. Prenup. <laughs> he cheated on her. It was pretty public, too, right? Yeah. Well, it was technically they were on a break. Mm, but still. he got someone pregnant on the, the break, baby. <gasps> oh. mm, it's too much. Reportedly, prenup. Good for her. Good yeah. For her. Good for her. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. But also, wow. Um, well, now that we're all a little bit on edge about marriage and prenups, <laughs> let's talk about our relationships and splitting finances. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay, so, you know, you guys know I've been in a relationship for about a year and a half, so it's still pretty new Mm -hmm. for sure, but something that I have learned in this relationship is especially like when you're starting a new relationship in your 30s, it's very different from starting one Mm -hmm. in your 20s. Oh, yeah? In your 20s, you feel like you have so much time, right? Mm. It's like, oh, well, yeah, we've only been together a year, like we need to be together at least four or five years, Mm because that's, I feel like generally like the time frame of like relationships in your in your 20s right mm-hmm. and then marriage 
So for me, I have realized like, yeah, I I don't really know if time is a factor right now for me. Mm -hmm. Like being, you know, almost 32, like I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, you know, we can hang out for a little bit longer, but like I would like to move forward and progress, you know? Mm -hmm. So my mindset about finances, I think are very different from my boyfriend's mindset about finances. Mm. And we've had a lot of financial conversations and, you know, for me, it's like, I'm thinking like, okay, Yes, build up your personal savings so then we can start saving for, like, us. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his brain, he's still – I mean, it's still early, right? right. Like, in a, it, it, and it's – and by a year and a half, I mean, like, officially – like, that was a lot of dating yeah. during mm-hmm. that period. So I would say officially it's been one year. So when, when I broached the – like, when I approached the conversation, he was just like – I was like, well, have you even, like, thought about a ring? Like, what's happening? <laughs> and, he, and he's like, oh, I mean, it's honestly – it's it it does still feel new, so I, I wasn't mm. in that mindset. Mm-hmm. But I feel you, you know what yeah. I mean. Like I was, I just wasn't. Like mm. he's still, you know, yeah, we've been together a year. That's it's, it is short, you know what I mean. Like in the grand scheme of things, but for me, it's like it's, I'm I'm dating him very intentionally. In right, that way. right. You know, well, what I mean? also right. your first year together, you bought a house. Yes. So that I am curious about that conversation of like you have a mortgage now. Mm-hmm. Do you charge him rent? Please tell me that you overcharge him for rent. <laughs> I mean, well, I will say buying a home, as we all know, right. very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so initially when I was first looking, like, it was still very much like, yeah, maybe I'll get a roommate. Like, I'll figure it out because we just ha- we weren't living together right. yet. Mm-hmm. It was, again, still pretty early on in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the further on it got, I was like, so you're really not going to just move in here with me? Like, you're going to make me, like, go find a roommate? This is crazy. And he's like, no, no, I'll move in. Um, <gasps> and so, but with all of that money, I was like, okay, I would love for you to move in. I want you to pay more mortgage than me because I just bought this house. Like, I, I just want you, I just... For me and my soul, I just wanted him to pay a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no. I just did. So we split mortgage and bills 60-40. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Okay," because you have more costs up front, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, well, I did this thing, mm-hmm. and I'm also like renovating and like doing all these things to make it a comfortable home, not only for mm-hmm. me but for you too. You know what I mean? Right. So it's mm-hmm. like that stuff. I do. I'm fine with taking full responsibility of like paying for Reno and like all that. Mm-hmm. Like it's my home, right? Um, so that's fine, but it's mm-hmm. also just still not cheap. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, well. Yeah, like I would love for you to just like, you know, step up for me in this way when it comes to like monthly payments and that uh-huh. kind of thing. And he was like, okay, cool. So. That makes me love him more. <laughs> I know. You guys are looking at me. So <laughs> well, it's just very different because Patrick and I got together when we were in our 20s. Mm-hmm. I was 25 when I met him, 26. Um, and then the first like first couple years of our relationship it wasn't tumultuous, but we were young, you know, mm-hmm. like even when we moved in with each other, we moved in with each other and got a roommate, you know, mm-hmm. which who, who we still have. We still have a roommate, Ross, love him. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like we kind of uh, made a lot of mistakes together mm-hmm. and like um, went through a lot of, you know, drama up front. And then the pandemic happened and it had like it just brought us like you were saying way mm-hmm. closer together and way um made us a lot more serious about each other mm-hmm. and like uh not short amount of time the pandemic has been too long but you know what i mean like yeah um, yeah just kind of figuring out priorities yeah. Yeah. yeah where it's like is this something yeah into perspective exactly right so i think in because we got together so young we put to, we put in place some like infrastructure if you Mm. will of how we handle finances together Mm -hmm. um and we've just been abiding by that like we have this app called splitwise Mm -hmm. which is incredible um basically we log our expenses for the houses and whatever we buy for each other down to like meals Mm -hmm. and then splitwise does all the math for us and tells us how much we owe each other you know what the government should do with taxes Mm -hmm. they they bill us yeah they don't do splitwise does it for us which Mm -hmm. is great um and yeah i think that that's kind of how we've been it's just 50 50 i mean patrick's dutch he's so dutch and by that i mean like you know the phrase going dutch, yeah, going dutch. <laughs> <laughs> he's like 50 50 we're at 50 50 yeah. yeah like down to like our vacations together mm-hmm. our dates everything is 50 50 was that mm-hmm. ever 
have you always been on board with that? Was that ever like a point of contention for the two of you? Like, did you ever feel like, wait, like, why do I have to do 50? Like, can you just, or the other way around? Like, mm-hmm. right. did he feel that way ever? Um, I think because I get really gun shy about, because I'm a people pleaser in general. Mm. Um, I hate it when I feel like I have to owe people something. Mm, mm-hmm. It okay. make, brings me a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I prefer 50-50 because mm-hmm. I feel like I don't owe anything mm-hmm. and where I can just be on my own person. Yeah. I think for me, when I want to see like investment, because I think that's like the the emotion behind it, mm-hmm. uh, when I want to see personal investment, I want more effort from him. Mm. So it's less to do about money. And more about like how much effort he's putting into like making our meals or planning mm-hmm. a date or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of like where the split comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a thought. Wanted... That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, yeah I had a thought mm-hmm. I wanted to say about us and our situation. But we, we're very much a part like we want to get a prenup mm-hmm. when it's time. Oh, we had a conversation a while back because at this point I still make more money than Patrick. Mm-hmm. he is going I mean he has a lot of investments like he is good with money we had this conversation really early on because I was like hey I make more money than you does that bother you and he was like no because I'm better with money than you are oh Damn. I mean, look at the, just look at his diverse portfolio. He said, nope, because I... <laughs> Maybe making more money now, but, but compound ooh. interest. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. He said, wait till we... He said, 2025? <laughs> <It's up. laughs> right, up. right. And to be fair, I also kind of bank on that. Because, like, realistically speaking, like, when we get married, we want to start a family. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to pay for childcare in those first couple years mm. because I was a nanny. I've done that. Mm-hmm. And so I, in my mind, I've already been banking like first two or three years of life. I'm going to be out of the workforce. Mm. Mm-hmm. See, you know I didn't know mean? that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At least, yeah. at least part time yeah. out of the yeah. workforce. Totally. So you're like, great. Earn that now for us, Pat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I even make the joke like with Pat, like I'm making more money than you now, mm-hmm. but like, Hollywood is not good to women mm-hmm. uh, when they get older, mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. which fucking sucks. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting with me because so like not being in a hetero relationship, it's right. like it actually took away a lot of the like pressures of like guy, girl, all that stuff. And so we've just always split stuff right down the middle, just mm-hmm. 50-50. And then um, going into marriage, we'll have like a joint investment account nice. that'll kind of be like for expenses two to three years down the line. Mm. So it's even like in vitro, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then also to pull for like vacations or whatever. Um, and then for our checking account, our main expenses is where we'll just put large portions of our money to come out of. Can you, and this may be a dumb question, mm-hmm. can you explain what you mean by investment account versus it mm-hmm. being just like another savings? Yeah, so so um, an account that has like, so we'll have, we have a financial planner. Mm-hmm. And so basically just like a, our, our portfolio, like that will just be part of That has of the it. bonds, the stocks, exactly. okay. the mutual the bonds, funds. The bonds, the stocks, mutual funds, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so that is it's growing so it grows over versus just a savings account. And so that kind of will function a little bit as our savings account, gotcha. one of them. Yeah. And then retirement, we have like all that stuff in addition to. But yeah. We have so much to learn. We have so much to learn. (laughs) And thankfully, we have an expert coming on, don't we? We do. Coming up, we have Jessica Marino of Marino Wealth, who's going to tell us how the heck to handle our monies um, when there's another person involved. Great. Can't wait. Let's (laughs) chat with her. (laughs) After the break. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. All right, y'all. We are back. And here with us is Jessica Marino of Marino Wealth, and she's going to talk to us all about the monies. Ugh, the monies. Hi, Jessica. 
Hi, thanks so much for having me today. Thank you for coming. <laughs> so good to have you. <laughs> um, Jessica, can you briefly tell us just like, how did you get into this line of work? Yeah, it's actually pretty funny. I, um, so I'm the oldest of four kids uh, from a traditionally middle-class family. My mom's North Side Chicago Irish Catholic. My dad's from Ecuador. So it's kind of like a weird combination. Uh, and when I was a young child, I actually became really interested in the stock market. And it was this like weird fluke thing. I came across the business section in the paper. I was about eight or nine and then just became obsessed with the idea of owning shares of stock. Mm. Um, and the article that I'd read at that time had like lower price stocks that could fit in my like, you know, nine-year-old budget. Um, so then every year for my birthday, I put on the top of my Christmas list and my birthday list that I wanted shares of stock. <gasps> and every year I was ignored, uh, <laughs> basically. No, uh, you were ignored? <laughs> Do they not know like how to buy the stocks or like, what was it? So I think some of it was that they thought I would be disappointed. Uh, you know, my oh. family as a whole wasn't super investment savvy. Yeah. And I think they just thought that it was this weird thing that I, you know, I'd be happy if I got something else like a toy or something. But um, yeah. but then finally, when I was 14, I think, I think they probably figured I was old enough. Um, my grandparents broke down and they opened an account for me with their um, stockbroker at the time. And they bought me one share of Walmart for my 14th birthday. Um, and so at that point on, I started investing money that I was earning from babysitting and summer jobs, you know, into this little account. Uh, and uh, naturally, as a result of that, I became really interested in, um, you know, just business in general. I took a lot of business classes in high school and then majored in finance uh, when I went to college. And uh, so I, you know, kind of naturally always really enjoyed the stock market. And uh, I remember at one point, my mom, when I was kind of thinking about my next steps after college and, and what to major, well, what, do, what to major in, but then also what to do after college, my mom was the one who actually encouraged me um, to consider finance since I already kind of had this affinity to it. Um, and then when I was in college, I was recruited by American Express Financial Advisors uh, to become an advisor. And they then later spun off, they're now Ameriprise Financial. Uh, I worked there for uh, 12 years and then I, uh, and I loved it. And uh, then I decided to take the big step to start my own firm. And that was um, almost six years ago now when I started Marina Wealth. Wow. So it's interesting because wow. it was this weird quirky thing that happened when I was a kid that now has led to a, you know, a career now, a decades long career, which is cool. Do you I, still have that stock, that Walmart stock, or have you sold it off? I have sold it off. I, I did use a lot of that money to help with um, paying for college and Smart. everything. So oh I, I will say at one point I bought a car with some of the money. So that wasn't the best financial move. <laughs> but hey, a teenager's got to do what they've got to do. So yeah, oh gosh, I'm over here in awe. I'm like, wow, she is not new to this. She is true to this. Wow. Since eight years old, nine years old. She picked up the paper and was like, great, that's how I'll make money. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. how it's done. Damn, that's oh so impressive. God. It really is. Yeah. Wow. Oh, the things I wish I knew when I was nine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, Tesca, you've kind of heard us fumble our way through our discussion of relationships and finances. And what I want to know is, like, what money talks should you be having with your partner? How do you open that conversation? When should you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I will say the types of conversations and when to have the conversations really, it's really going to depend where you're at in the relationship. I mean, I definitely don't think that it hurts to have some money talks early on. Uh, but I think as you become more serious and start getting closer to making financial decisions, that's when you really do need to have some of the, the more detailed conversations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so for example, you know, when I see people making big decisions such as buying a car together, signing a lease together, buying a home together, you know, I mean, it's well before then you should really start at least easing into those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, one big thing that we see at our practice, we help clients all the time with the merging of their finances. And one thing that I see across the board is that we typically take it in phases, right? So, so certainly if you're newly dating somebody, it doesn't hurt to talk a little bit about money, but I would say some of those conversations usually are gonna be most comfortable when they're a little more surface level, mm -hmm. but then as you become more and more serious, right? Like, I mean, like with a lot of um, your more personal feelings about things, right? Like as you become more engaged in that relationship, mm -hmm. the conversation should really be evolving. Mm -hmm. So certainly, right? Like you shouldn't be buying a house with somebody 
and as you're getting to the closing, figuring out that they have bad credit, right? right. Like those conversations should come well before, right. you know, you're having uh, the actual dis like discussions of making that decision to make that huge purchase with that person, you know? Um, certainly, you know, what somebody makes in terms of their income, that should happen well before you're marrying them, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, so again, you kind of know what you're getting into it because at that point you're gonna become more intertwined with each other. You're gonna, you know, legally be tied to each other tax-wise and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, I mean, in terms of exactly when to have those conversations, I, I find that in a lot of cases, it kind of organically evolves. So having some of those surface level conversations early on, I think is a good first step. And then evolving those conversations over time, you know, again, as you're talking about different life choices that you may be making together, right? Like, do, like, a, like the conversation of like, do you want to have children, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You might not necessarily dig into all the details of that on your first date, right? But you may start planting the seed early on and then evolving those conversations over time. The same is true with money. Did mm. you ever go on a date with a broke person in your life, with, <laughs> given your affinity to finances and stocks? <laughs> did you ever give them the chance? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I have. And, and I will say too, right? Like, um, I've definitely had different evolutions in my career as well, right? So definitely in my 20s, I, I probably was the broke person on the date with somebody. So, mm. uh, so I mean, you know, I think we all go through different phases, right, as we're building our careers and building our finances um, as well. So, and I, th I think that's kind of a natural a natural thing that happens to all of us, right? There are different phases in our lives where we're kind of getting on our feet and everything. And yeah, so, I, You're so, I, yeah good. so I'm sure I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've, I've possibly been the broke person on the date. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I, we've been talking a lot about splitting finances. And so if you have a married couple, what are some different ways that you suggest those couples split their finances? How, how to merge it? How to split it? How to do all of that stuff? Yeah, so... Generally speaking, I'm a big fan of pooling your resources. Mm. So I think that once a couple is married, you know, whether it happens immediately after the wedding or it takes a little while to get there, I think longer term, merging your finances together and thinking of it as our finances as a family is typically going to be your best bet for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing I see a lot is um, when people move in together, they start splitting things, you know, possibly down the middle, or mm -hmm. in some cases it might be, uh, you know, maybe they, they have some type of split they agree upon. If, if it's not down the middle, maybe it's a portion of income, mm -hmm. maybe it's based on who's using the extra bedroom as an office. Um, and I think that makes sense when you first move in together. It is a little bit more of like a roommate agreement in a lot of cases, mm -hmm. but over time, if we fast forward and you've been with this person for 20 years, like at that point, you've built a life together, like you're not roommates. Right. So I think over time, right, starting to have those conversations. And, and again, usually we take it in phases um, about merging all together, I think is going to be the best thing to do. Because the thing that I've learned is that over the course of a marriage, there are all sorts of changes when it comes to what's happening in your life, what's happening in your finances, careers, income. And so what what I've seen is, you know, all sorts of good things and bad things happen to people, right? Like a, a spouse could easily lose their job for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're splitting things down the middle and they're stressing out about giving you their half of the rent or the mortgage each month, right? Like that's not the best thing for your family in the long haul. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I've seen this a lot too, um, you know, and traditionally more with women where they take time out of the career, their careers and time out of the workforce to stay home with their families. Again, that person shouldn't be struggling to make their half of the mortgage payment if the family as a whole decides, you know, you're going to be not earning an income outside of this house for X amount of years until the kids go to school. Mm -hmm. So, um, and what I found too is that when you're a family, you know, if one person's making really smart decisions and the other person's not, it's going to impact the both of you. So getting on the same page, I think, is the most important thing to do. Um, so in a lot of cases, what we'll see is, you know, again, they might start by splitting things down the middle mm -hmm. and then typically will kind of evolve to the point where opening a joint account makes sense. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, we'll start with putting smaller dollar amounts into that joint account. So maybe we just start by splitting the rent and the utilities and groceries, you know, and but then over time, you know, the more that we're combining our incomes, the more that we're combining um, the, you know, just the expenses that are going out the door, how much is going towards savings and debt and everything, the better it is for the long haul, you know, of that family. So, um, so I definitely, you know, 
in terms of my my general preference most of the time is is to really consider merging eventually not to look at it as splitting or not to look at it as oh well this is my money this is your money it's it's your money together as a family mm. wow you surprised me jessica because i mean spoiler <laughs> alert we've known each other for a while uh, but like i just feel like the feminist new age kind of belief is like girl keep your money like keep it separate and maybe have a joint account, but you're not putting you're putting a portion of your money in that, mm. and not like all of your money. But now you're you're telling no. us kind of not different news, but a tell different me more. spin on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so just to be clear, I do think you know that everybody uh, should have access to money in their household. You know, I mean, well, the decision makers, let's say, right? So if it's mm -hmm. you and a spouse. Um, I think, you know, you definitely need to have awareness and access, um, but, you know, in, in any household, right, like, let's say one person doesn't work for a period of time and what, or one person makes less money, the other one's the breadwinner, you know, I do think, again, kind of combining those resources uh, and, and being aware as a family and making those decisions together, I, I think is really important. But yes, you would absolutely want to have access, <clears throat> you know, I will say, Definitely, you know, the days of, oh, my husband takes care of that. I don't even know how to log into the account or mm -hmm. the accounts are all in his name. Like that, I will say I do not agree with. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think like even as I'm preparing to get married and stuff, it's the the cognitive switch of thinking, okay, this is my money that I earn, this is her money that she earns, to then thinking about it as like, okay, this is our household money that we then are making all the joint decisions with. And so it's like, do we want to move? Let's let's look at that together. Do we want to get a car? Let's look at that together. Um, and just thinking about it as like a unit more so. Absolutely. And I will say, uh, I think a big thing that I see, and it sounds like you're going through this right now, mm -hmm. right, is that people are getting married and combining their finances way earlier or way later in their careers than they used to, mm -hmm. right? You know, I mean, my parents got married in their early 20s. Mm -hmm. I didn't get married until my early 30s, mm -hmm. right? So that, I mean, that's a huge difference when you think about what you've done with your career and your life, mm -hmm. you know, um, in in those years. So, uh, so absolutely, it can be, um, I think, a bit uncomfortable, which is, you know, why I, I think always making sure that you have those open conversations and making sure that you're on the same page with how quickly you move or how slowly you move, I think is always kind of first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like, because something that we're, what we're starting with, and we're also open to like, okay, this can maybe like change as time goes on. But it's like, for every paycheck that we each earn, we're putting kind of like the majority portion of that into our joint checking and then that's the household fund and then kind of like the little bit that's left is like our quote-unquote our own money but also neither one of us is very like precious with that money so it'll probably just be used to like surprise the other one to like get gifts and stuff like that you know right, right. so it's like it still is and it's like oh if one of us winds up with a lot of excess and it's like okay no that like it's just our money you know right but I I feel like we're we probably think about money differently than other people do. So I don't know. Right. But yeah. Because there's just different interests. Like, yeah. I, 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 I don't know about you and your partner, but Patrick and I have like very different interests, mm -hmm. like in how we want to spend our money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I anticipate our conversations when the time does happen, mm -hmm. getting a little deeper about yeah. like, Okay, you, because he's just just way, I'm way more risk averse than he is. Mm -hmm. And so he's way more into stocks and, you know, crypto and all that stuff. And he's keeping the eye on the ball. I don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for that. No time. No, mm -hmm. none. So, like, that's that's a conversation where, like, when you say that, Jessica, I, I get nervous because I'm like, wait, but what? Eee. But you're right. I mean, it just brings all of that to light mm -hmm. so that you talk about it. Yeah. And you discuss it. Yeah. And you know, and you, you have an awareness of where your money's going collectively. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got, I'm going to be honest, I got really uncomfortable. Yes. I did. I got really uncomfortable with the idea, even with what you saying, mm -hmm. like the majority of what we earn goes into joint. And then, you know, whatever is left over will like, you know, kind of be our own. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking about that, I'm like, 
I just get so stressed. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, it's a, it's a control thing. You know yeah. what I mean? I think yeah. it's just like a control thing. I'm like, uh huh. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Because because for for us, it's like the majority of our expenses. It's like home, utilities, mm-hmm. like basically stuff that right now we already split fifty fifty. Yeah. And so it's just like okay, now it's just being pulled out of one account versus like Venmoing each other back, back and, and forth, forth to infinity. Yeah, you know? right. that's true. And so it's like, that's where it's like, even right now, it's like the biggest portion of your income probably goes towards your mortgage. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so that's how we kind of figured that split. And then maybe down the line, if we make shit ton of money or whatever, then the, that, the, yeah. yeah, then the percentage can change or, or whatever. But yeah. that's where we're at. For now, yeah, no, I, I love that. I need to do some, some, some self reflecting on why. Yeah, you're also at a different point in your relationship, though. Yeah, so, so it's like this. This isn't a conversation that you'd be having right 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 now, now. you know. But just like I know, we're kind of talking about like how aside from pooling your resources as being a potential benefit. Is there any other financial benefit to legally getting married? Like, does the government look favorably upon you? Like, is what 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 are we talking about here? Like, what do I get if I you know change my name? I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> so it's funny uh, on a Facebook group that I'm a part of for financial advisors. There was a bit of a debate about this the other day. The oh hell yeah! Benefits versus being married. Versus give the tea. Single. Give the tea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, one person jumped in and said, well, if the tax break or the tax benefits are the main reason you're getting married, like that's kind of odd. Like most people think of other reasons to get married or not get married. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say in certain situations, you know, the um, tax laws can be a little more favorable towards uh, couples that are filing jointly, and which means that you'd be legally married and filing a joint tax return mm-hmm. uh, versus single individuals. That isn't across the board. It depends on who's making what type of income and the disparity of, you know, those incomes um, in relation to each other. Um, I will say, though, that certainly there are some different legal benefits that I do think come about from being legally married. Mm. That doesn't necessarily need to be the reason why you get married. But, um, you know, for example, there are definitely still companies that don't offer domestic partner benefits. Mm. Um, So, for example, that would mean that if you um, are are living with somebody, you know, and can prove that you're tied to each other financially that you could possibly get on their health insurance right. or be covered on their company's life insurance, right? Um, I will say certainly in terms of, um, uh, you know, some like estate planning laws and everything, mm. you can you can go and privately have documents drafted. But again, there are certain legal rights that at times you're given when you're legally married versus not. Um, again, some of those laws and um, options are evolving over time. Uh, but I, I will say, you know, unfortunately, there still are some legal and tax benefits to having that piece of paper, you mm-hmm. know, um, whether that's, you know, <clears throat> right or wrong. That's unfortunately kind of the situation right now. Um, I will say that, um, you know, again, whether you have the piece of paper or not, there are definitely some ways to work around some of this. Um, and I think more than anything, you know, uh, depending on on where you're at in your life and what you do decide, right? getting married legally is a choice that some people don't want to make. And, and I think that there's definitely some workarounds for that as well, too. Um, and, and just making sure that you're clear on what those decisions are that you're making together. And I think also as well, one big thing that I think is always important to think about when you're not legally married is what happens if we break up. Um, now, I mean, getting divorced when you're legally married is never an enjoyable thing or typically not an enjoyable thing. It can be costly. But the way I see it, there's at least some laws in place that can help with like a precedence. Whereas when you're not legally married, I find that sometimes it's a little bit trickier for people to navigate what those financial decisions look like, such as if they own a house together. Um, If, you know, if they're um, breaking up and they were mainly living on one person's income. Uh, For example, I had a client who was with somebody for a long period of time. They were never legally married. And she lived in a foreign country with that person. They made significantly more money than her. And um, they had a little bit of a settlement, but it was an agreement that the two of them had made. Again, if they were legally married, there would have been court proceedings to help determine what, you know, any sort of financial obligations would have been. And and quite honestly, you know, from a legal standpoint, I don't know that, that there needed to be a, a settlement. You know, I mean, it's great that they were able to do that. But again, I, possibly the partner could have just said, I don't care. I'm not giving you anything. Right. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm taken aback by this like settlement for the unmarried 
couple because that's I've never heard of that. No, mm-hmm. me either. Like, what kind of settlement again, are we talking was, about? Like, just a pool uh, of money. In this case, in this case, it was a lump sum Copy. of um, you know money, basically. Right. But again, it was an agreement that they had made together with the two of them. Um, and and I'm glad they did. You know, and I'm glad that they were able to have kind of those clear conversations about what happened and everything. Um, but I mean, they're more often than not, it's the case, right, that the person who does have more control of the income and, and the assets maybe wouldn't, again, wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, totally, totally. So Uncle Scam still doesn't recognize living in sin, you know? <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. He's a puritanical scammer. Yeah, he, well, and I get it, though. You're right, because Jesse bring up a good point, because it's like, you know, uh, at least when you're legally married, there are laws in place to so to help you to not get screwed mm-hmm. as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm curious. Like, in your experience of all the years that you've been doing what you've been doing, like, is there like sort of a formula for unmarried couples in terms of finances that you have found or seen to be the most successful? Like. Mm-hmm. Is it 50-50 splitting? Is it just each person having their own and like literally moving that way? Like, is there a, a, a formula that you've seen that's worked? So I, uh, Chantel was talking about this. I love the strategy, and this is what my husband and I do, where, you know, there's a joint account that covers, you know, a certain list of the expenses, and then each person has their own individual account for some of their individual spending. And um, my husband and I, it's very similar to um, what you had described, where we have like a certain amount of money each paycheck going into um, our own individual accounts for individual discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will say sometimes there's a, there's a joke around our house, right? When Amazon boxes come in mm-hmm. and things are coming in the mail, it's like, oh, what did you buy now? Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I paid for it out of my individual yeah. account. So, wow. uh, so I, you know, kind of the thought there is like, we shouldn't have to consult with each other every time mm-hmm. we yeah. want to buy something. We should, right. you know, we should be able to spend some of our money, you know, in a way that doesn't include the other person. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, by deciding the amounts that go into the, those accounts, you know, we've kind of made an agreement, like this is an amount of money that we can each use for kind of some of that allowance money, discretionary money, mad money, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And, and then we can each decide what's on that list. But what happens if two LLCs come together or two <laughs> escorts? They, they, they meet each other and sparks fly. And then the birds and the bees happen. A stork arrives. Tale as old as time, Jess. What happens? So romantic. I know, right? When two businesses merge. Um, so I think, you know, in the case of two people that are self-employed, right? Is, is that kind of more what yes, you're yes. referring to, Devin, right? Yes. The two people that get married, mm-hmm. each kind of have their own corporations or LLCs. They're both self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I think one of the great benefits of that is that hopefully there's a certain amount of um, like financial education that the two of you have both separately gone through Mm. to understand, you know, what it's like to be self-employed, right? Mm -hmm. So I think one thing that can be kind of tricky sometimes is if you're the person who is self-employed and you wind up longer term with someone who's not self-employed, sometimes they just don't totally understand the, you know, the, the different considerations, the headaches, the stress of some of, you know, the extra tax work and everything. So, um, so I, I think more than anything, right, like you're in the same boat. So I think that probably makes some of the conversations a little bit easier, hopefully. Um, now I think, uh, in terms of like the logistics, I mean, one big thing that I think is important when you're self-employed is to make sure, make sure, you know, whether you're single or with somebody else that, um, you have control over your income. And so what I mean by that is typically I recommend, you know, paying yourself a set amount or putting yourself on a salary. Like I, for example, I'm on a salary here at Marino Wealth. And um, I think that that can help make the day-to-days in your personal household more stable. Uh, and so, so certainly, right, if two LLCs come mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. and maybe one has that stable income that they've set up and the processes and the strategies around that and the other one doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's the first conversation, right? Because right. I think what can, be, what can be challenging, I mean, you know, we're, um, we're all, you know, 
impacted by this, you know, as, as people who are self-employed business owners, uh, you know, is the ups and downs can be a little tricky sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And so we don't want that to be impacting your personal finances negatively, or at least we want to minimize how much, mm -hmm. you know, that can negatively impact your personal finances. Um, so I think the other thing to consider too is, is leveraging uh, what the two of you have within your businesses, right? So maybe one person's business is a little more established and they might have group benefits, such as a group health insurance plan, you know, where maybe the other person then doesn't need to take that step. Mm. So I think, I think what's really cool when you're self-employed is you have a little more freedom and flexibility. Yes, there are some more steps you need to take typically, and there are some more headaches, I'll admit. Um, right. But but I think, you know, the, the great thing about, you know, let's say two LLCs or two corporations falling in love. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, hopefully some of those conversations will be a little bit easier and the learning curve, I think, will be a little bit shorter than if you're marrying somebody who's really maybe just only had that traditional nine to five job for right. somebody else. Right. Interesting. Wow, you're really blowing my mind here, Jess. Yeah. So much to think about. Right. One last question. Are there any yeah. hidden costs to getting married that I don't know um, about? I don't know if it's hidden, but the wedding. The wedding. <laughs> yes. the wedding if there is a wedding, that, yes. Uh, I find that, um, you know, and, and for some people, getting married is going to City Hall, you know, I think you guys were talking right about like the, you know, the $80, $100 fee that you pay. Um, and for other people, it turns into this big, expensive event. Um, and, and neither option is bad or good, right? It just, I think, is a personal preference. Um, but I will say that anytime I see a wedding involved, um, I feel like it take, it's one of those things that takes a life on of its own. Mm -hmm. And so I find that it turns out to be this big transitional period um, in the couple's life. Uh, and, you know, and some of it, you know, you can budget out and plan for, but I find that, you know, during that time period, there are a lot of incidentals that pop up mm -hmm. along the way. Um, and so again, I don't know that I would call a wedding like a totally hidden cost, but what I find is typically, typically by the time it's all said and done, people spend more money than they expected. Mm -hmm. And it definitely kind of disrupts their day to days a little bit more financially than expected in a lot of cases. So Jessica, the age old question, marriage yeah. or mortgage? <laughs> Yeah. Is that how it works? You have to choose one or the other? Yeah, like if you had to pick. <laughs> this is an actual Netflix show I just yes. learned about. I just learned that, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll admit I haven't watched that show. Um, but, yes, you know, the down payment versus the wedding. Yeah. You know, again, I think a lot of that's a personal preference. Mm -hmm. I will say I... What's funny is I always would, you know, I'd see clients and we talk about their wedding budgets and, and they'd be renting apartments and they wouldn't buy a house because the wedding had to come first mm -hmm. and, and all this. And I would think to myself, oh my gosh, how could somebody spend that much money on one day? How could mm -hmm. they spend that much money? I would never do that and stuff. And then lo and behold, I go and get married and, and yeah, we spent you know, a bunch of money <laughs> right. uh, on the wedding. And again, it takes on a life of itself. So, mm -hmm. so I will say we do own a home as well too. Um, but, I, you know... I, I think it's a personal choice, right? And, yeah. I, and I think more than anything, um, you know, I mean, I definitely think there's a lot to be said for, you know, a simple um, marriage uh, ceremony or a simple wedding. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I think you got to be careful because it takes on a life of its own. And I was surprised by myself by the end of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Where I'm like, oh my God, this shit is expensive. Yeah, even I yeah. went to, I was, um, so Jessica, I was, in a, I was the officiant at a wedding in the fall, and it was one of those. What it was going to be a smaller wedding anyway, but then it got pushed because of COVID. So then it, the numbers got even smaller, and it was a pretty like streamlined wedding. Like she didn't have wedding parties, no groomsmen. Like it was just you know at a beautiful restaurant in Brooklyn, like that type of thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, like that was probably like really affordable. And then like I had ended up asking my friend like how much she ended up paying just out of curiosity. And it was not much different than what mm -hmm. a down payment, a big or no, like what a big wedding would cost. Uh, yeah. Like it was still, you know, tens of thousands. Yep. And I was just like, <laughs> she was like, yeah, girl. That's it where I was. We were like, you know what? It's yeah. not going to be traditional. It's just going to be like a big party. Like we just want a rager. And it's like, wait, is this actually more expensive than if we had just done like a normal ceremony and seated plated dinner yeah. and all that stuff? I'm like, oh my God. No. Heads yeah. up, man. Maybe oh just God. do a house party. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
what's funny is I, so I had a destination wedding and that, that was a little bit of the thought process too, mm -hmm. right? It'll be smaller, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll get it. We'll all be on vacation together. So it'll be fun and everything. Mm -hmm. But then more and more, as we started planning, I will say, because it was a smaller number of people and they were coming a long way, you know, there were definitely things that we didn't cut corners on that maybe, maybe we would have, if it was a local mm -hmm. wedding, yeah. Right. But yeah, it, it adds up. Mm -hmm. It definitely adds up. And so, you know, the, the story, Freddie, that you have of your friend, I could see where maybe they stopped cutting corners in certain areas because it was a smaller number mm -hmm. of people and they wanted everybody to have great food and great yeah. drinks and everything. Like I, I remember we, um, we chose like the top shelf option for the open bar. Mm. And so cause we thought, oh, people are coming all this way. Yeah. We can pay a little more per person so they can order a nice drink and yeah. stuff, you know, but yeah, then it wasn't any cheaper. <laughs> so it, wow. Yeah, it's crazy wish, how that works. <laughs> I mean, I wish more. Never mind. Yeah, I mean that's just <laughs> capitalism. Capitalism saw yeah. two people falling yeah. in love, and they were like, "How can I insert myself into yes. the story?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's definitely that wedding upcharge for sure. <laughs> oh, woof! Well, I have one last question for Jessica. Yeah. Are the marital tax breaks, if you're married, filed, filing jointly? How good are they? Are they are they really like? Are is, they sexy? Is, uh, yeah, is it a good tax break or is is that a scam too? Because I don't know yet. I haven't done it yet. Yeah, so I will say, it it kind of it depends. I mean, mm. definitely, you know, one thing actually, um, one thing that um, I've looked at and my my clients have looked at is is you know kind of filing the return separately versus together kind of doing the draft of like yeah. the options and it certainly can be a difference of like thousands of dollars depending on your income level mm. um when you know you look at filing separately versus filing jointly together mm. um i will say what's crazy though is the tax break the tax brackets are very different for and all all of the tax or a lot of the tax laws are very different if you're married filing jointly versus if you're two single individuals versus filing separately as a married couple. Mm -hmm. So the tax laws, in my opinion, are just way more confusing than they need to be. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, yeah, in some cases, it can be a difference of thousands of dollars, but it also depends on um, the differences in incomes as well, too, within mm. the couple. So um, yeah, so I mean, again, any sort of tax benefits or consequences, I don't think should be the reason why somebody gets legally right, married. But right. uh, definitely one thing that I think is just important more than anything is just to know like the landscape changes. Mm -hmm. So, and to be prepared for that. And again, that's where some of those conversations, you know, come into place earlier on so that you're, you're ready to kind of, you know, navigate things together. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, Thank you so much <laughs> right. you've for given, all this info. You've given us a lot to think about. <laughs> you've, made, you've made getting married seem more serious. Like it's like yeah. more like, cause now I'm, now my money's, my skin is more in the game. Like yeah. if I'm getting, wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, well, my money, mine, <laughs> my money. <laughs> I know, and maybe it's not very romantic, but like when you do get, when you do marry somebody, right? It is. I think it is a financial decision. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It also is setting you up for, you know, financial decisions for the rest of your life. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, my husband and I, you know, own a house together. We now have a child together. We have mm -hmm. to navigate. You know. Uh, child care expenses for that child and mm -hmm. child um, you know our hope is that we retire together right so it's a, mm -hmm. you know lifetime of different decisions you need mm -hmm. to make together yeah. um, and the hope is right you're making those decisions and you're usually on the same page you're able to communicate properly to make sure everybody's happy and, and everything but um, I mean, it is right. Like, and, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully when you do get married, you are married with that person when you retire, right? You are right. married yeah. with them during these life changes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so more than anything, right. You just, it's important to make sure you're on the same page so that as you're making these decisions as a family, you know, you're, you're doing what's right, not only for the household as a whole, emotionally, mentally, physically, but also from a financial standpoint as well, too. Yeah. Amen. 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 Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jessica, yeah, for having so that's us. Mm -hmm. It's no joke. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Where where can people find you? Where can listeners find all your information? Yes. Yeah. So the best place would be um, MarinoWealth.com, our website, and that's M-E-R-I-N-O wealth.com. Um, so you can definitely find more information there. Um, we do on our website, you can certainly sign up for a consultation if, if you know, if anybody wanted to address their finances individually. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, so follow us on Instagram where, um, you know, Marina Wealth is our, our handle there. 
Check out Jessica. She's got a lot of good information, y'all. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. We love Thanks it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, and we'll be back after this break. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, y'all. My mind has been changed. I'm yeah. so much monies today. I'm different now. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like there's some learnings I need to take back to the house. Mm, you know what I mean? Poor Patrick mm-hmm. and Russ. I know. They're not expecting this. <laughs> They're like, um, how is the how is the podcast yeah. recording? Um, so these are the things that we need to open the book. Are you sitting down? Thing. Because yeah. you should be. Yeah. You're like, who did you talk to? <laughs> How do I erase her number from your phone? (laughs) Yeah, but actually, I feel good. I feel almost even just like more knowledgeable, more prepared Mm -hmm. for when the time comes. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that Jessica, she had really great advice, but also kept it pretty open depending on the dynamics of each different relationship. You know? Yeah, yeah. I respect that. I I definitely like that. It makes me feel good about where I'm at going in to the legally binding thing known as marriage. (laughs) You know? I'm so curious once it's all done, the wedding and everything, if it'll feel different. I'm so curious if it'll feel different. I know. When you get to be like, my wife? I know. I probably will feel different. (laughs) My wife? I mean, I have to, right? Yeah. Think you're like supposed to? My wife. (laughs) Wife. (laughs) (laughs) Once I get all the invoices for the wedding, I'm going to feel real different. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, mm. mm-hmm. yeah. butthole clinch. Yeah, sphincter. But, butthole clinch. Your poor sphincter. <laughs> and on that butthole note, this is the butthole of the of the episode, you guys, because we're heading out. Heading out. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, you guys, and we'll be back next week. Bye. See you then. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.